So on the 411 slash what we've been playing this week, it is all about Horizon Forbidden West. I have finished the game. I have played through the entirety of the new epic saga that you'll be going on with Aloy in this new fantastic game from our friends over at Guerrilla Games. Um, and I think, you know, the, the conversation today is going to be not super in-depth because, again, you know, the game isn't out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you'll need to go into when you go in and play this game. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the things that I found from, you know, the nuts and bolts perspectives um, uh, and, and, and some of the things that I thought were really interesting in the game. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the technical stuff. We'll talk a little bit about not story, but vibe. Uh, and, and some things that I thought were hits and some things I thought were misses uh, in there to give you a good idea of what I'm thinking about when it comes to uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So first of all, I have to give a massive thank you to our friends over at Sony. Uh, they provided the code for the game about two weeks before launch, actually a little bit longer than that. We had more time during this review cycle than we did for a lot of other games. Uh, I'm playing a game right now that I can't talk about where the embargo is up on the fur no like on like two weeks from now which again for that game being as big as it is it's a little bit weird so this game in that narrative sense having a main narrative arc and then having a bunch of side content that you can check out you know this is a massive game when i say big this game is huge in terms of the size of the map, in terms of all the stuff that you can do within this game. If you're thinking about a game that you are like, I want something that I'm gonna play for more than a hundred hours, this game is a game that you can do that in. Is the game good? Absolutely. Is the game something that you're gonna wanna spend money on to buy and play and you know your reason for getting a ps5 if you have a ps5 absolutely this is the flagship game for the playstation 5 for sony for playstation so far in 2022 they have gorilla has done a ridiculous job with this game it is the most beautiful game on the console it is the prettiest game out in the world currently in terms of next-gen games and it is something that you should absolutely spend your money on if you are in the market for another horizon game that being said um there are a lot of stuff in this game that i feel like if you did not play the previous game you are not going to get the full enjoyment from this title you should have played the first one by now if you had a chance to do it if not i would say go back play that first game then jump into this one of course any game you can kind of jump in right when you feel like you are at the beginning points of any game uh, but this game heavily leans into lore and story that is connected to the first game in a way that you are not going to know why she is doing what she's doing throughout most of the game you're not going to understand the reasonings who uh, are the protagonists and the antagonists you're not going to understand a lot of the the language that's going to be happening within that game around what Aloy is trying to do in this game and it's going to not feel as great um for you in comparison to other folks who have played through the beginning content um in a game like this 
on the previous gen. If you played that Elder Horizon game, then you have a much better understanding of why this game is important to this lineage and to the series. That being said, from a technical standpoint, again, you know, a thing that I learned later on in the, in my, like, really towards the end of my playthrough was I was kind of playing this game wrong. And what I mean by playing it wrong is I was playing on the quality setting, right? Which is, I think, 4K 30, right? Um, it looks great. You know, the footage we're showing currently on the, the, the Twitch stream and the video version of this is, is the 4K version, quality version. It has, you know, some more, you know, bells and whistles when it comes to that stuff. I would tell all of you who are buying this game and playing this game, play this game on the quality setting. It is a... Uh, a, 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 it is a much smoother experience because it's all at 60 frames. Um, and it is a much better and like just a smoother experience all the way around. It feels like you're doing things in a way that feels more tactile. Picking up stuff in the world feels better. Um, traversing the world to a certain extent feels a little bit better. When you're in combat, that stuff feels a little bit better at the smoother frames. So I would say make sure you're playing that game in the 60 frame uh, performance mode as a way to play into this game. The world building in this game is phenomenal. It is amazingly dope. Aloy comes back. She has some of the folks uh, throughout the world that she will meet, some of them returning and some of them new. Uh, there are new versions and ideas around why you're motivated to go do the work that you're doing within the space. Um, the folks that you meet through side quests and kind of main quests, the newest baddie, which is played by, and I didn't know this until later on in the game, uh, uh, cause I didn't, I still saw the face of the person and I was like, I think this, I, I know who this is. The, one of the main, uh, uh, you know, uh, antagonists in this game is played by Angela Bassett, which was a thing that I did not know. It's been in the, you know, there's been press behind it. So it's not a spoiler. Um, Carrie Ann Moss and, um, uh, 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 Angela Bassett are both in this game um, and that was a really awesome sight to see I thought that that was a really interesting space um, and you know for the most part I think it shows off what the technical prowess can be from the PlayStation 5 DualSense stuff felt really I wouldn't say good but at first so I was talking on, fi on the, the, the Firecast with um with Mary Kish and uh, Mike Mahardy about like, I felt like when I was playing the game, it didn't feel like the dual sense was really being used and utilized in a, in a good way. I take that back now having like really sat with the game and feeling how different each weapon feels when you're pulling triggers and some of the weapons feel really wild on the dual sense. Like there's a, a, a bow that shoots like rapid fire bolts and when you shoot that weapon, there's some tension on the triggers because, again, like the DualSense has, you know, different tactile haptics on it. But when you, re when you shoot it, your left trigger goes ga -ga 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 -ga. like it, it, it spasms in a way that is like the kick of the weapon ricocheting through the weapon it's a really weird feeling but it feels really interesting when you're pulling back your bow you feel the tension of the bow 
when you're shooting the weapon, when you're doing certain things, you'll feel it in the controller in a way that, again, the DualSense is just such a fantastic piece of gear. It just really adds this layer of immersion in a way that, you know, you just don't see in games like this. And it feels super, super good um, in a way that, you know, I, I didn't have expectation for. Um, so I would say, again, I played this game uh, and finished it in, you know, you get a you get a completion rank or not a rank. You get a completion time in the game. Like it'll tell you exactly how much time you played the game uh, in terms of how much story you did or how much completion of the entire map. Uh, and the map is huge. Um, I finished the game at 37 percent. And I played the game for almost 50 hours. That's a lot of game to only finish at 37% of that game. That tells me a lot. And that tells me that I was also bum rushing to get through the main story arc uh, because I had started a little bit late. I was playing the game and then, you know, life stuff happened and I had to kind of hustle, hustle to get, you know, uh, things ready for embargo. And 50 hours to get to 37% is a big game. I didn't see so many side quests. I didn't see so many like activities to do. There's a lot of collectibles you can get in the game. There's a lot of, you know, side quests and missions and, you know, getting ways to, to do overrides. So you can turn all, you can, you can um, bring some of the, the, you know, the, the robots to your side and the machines to your side, <laughs> excuse me, a hiccup. Um, half that stuff wasn't, I didn't even do some of that stuff because I was trying to get to embargo. So I'm going to go back into this game later on and finish through some of the other stuff uh, because there is a lot of goodies in there from a story perspective because the side quests are sometimes linked into the narrative, but they're really interesting because a lot of times it's stuff that people are asking you to do. Sometimes it's fetch quests, sometimes it's other stuff, but it does feel like it builds out the world in a really smart and good way. Um, and, and I love that part of, of the game. So, you know, for the most part, it was a fantastic experience. I'm already thinking about this game as game of the year contention stuff. It is definitely in that mix because of just how big and beautiful this game is. The biomes in this in this game are just ridiculous. You're going from desert to snow to jungle to all the stuff while you're crossing, you know, this this large map and seeing all these things like i took so many screenshots in this game and because the game is out i can't share them yet because i can't do it it won't let me do it it like physically won't let me do it on the playstation it like has locked me uh from sh like sending myself screenshots of the thing because that's the way it works but once the game is out i'm sharing all the screenshots that i have because they were just like some mind-blowingly pretty things within this game the way they handle light the way they handle the underwater underwater stuff that they put in the game it looks so good it is so pretty so the, the 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 main thing is we were given our own review scores it would be a five out of five i think it's i think it's a a, a fantastic game but there are a couple of things that were annoying, right? Um, I think they didn't do a great job in terms of traversal. Traversal in this game isn't great. It is clunky. 
you're constantly trying to figure out routes because what they do is so you can use your focus and pulse the world around you. You can look at a mountain and see where you can climb. There's like these yellow markers that you can use to kind of get to things. Just moving around the space just feels clunky when you're climbing. It's slow. It doesn't feel intuitive. The jumping in this game isn't that great from time to time. The fact that you don't, well, maybe and maybe this is the thing that I missed in terms of a weapon or something like that, but there isn't a way to block anything. You have to dodge everything. And once you get hit, the stagger animations are so long that you consistently are caught in these weird spaces where you have to either play extremely slow or... You just really have to be lucky sometimes to get out of the way of some of the attacks that some of these things do because everything is trying to hit you at once and everything is hitting you at once. There's like no recovery frames in a lot of the stuff. So you want to be getting beat up because your body is still on the ground and there's no other way to get out of the fight. So that's a pain in the ass. Um, I love the tech tree, the way that they build out certain parts of how you level up your character. I think that stuff was great. But... In terms of the main character in Aloy, I hated Aloy. Aloy was super annoying in this game. And I and I didn't know what it was until I really sat with it for a while. Um, and I don't know if... I don't know if the conversations that were there from the last game about the cultural appropriation layers of it um of the the garb that you see within the, the the world you know it's very reminiscent and and pulls directly from a lot of indigenous uh uh, uh markers and 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 clothing and and ideas in but in this interesting kind of far-flung future way that is like you know if you're familiar with the story you know the world is basically ended with new civilizations have 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 been built and they're pulling from the old the old world uh, and, and, and pulling in ideas and markers and cultural things that are there that that all weirdly all come around this idea around this tribalism and nativism that is all coming and stemming from this indigenous layer, which also was super weird because it's like and my wife brought this up when she was watching me play. She was like, if the world is returning and everyone's coming back to this new world that we're now rebuilding, why is it that everyone in this part of the space speaks English? Why is everyone still wearing the same kind of garb? Like from place to place, there are various tribes, but it all still has like this very indigenous layer to it. Um, that doesn't, that just doesn't make sense. That wouldn't be the way that humans would do this if they were making their way back into this world. And I had that aha moment where I was like, you're so right. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know if that played into how much I didn't like Aloy, but I do know that it did. I did think about that a lot because there's a, a, a part of the way that the first game ends where, you know, she has now been, you know, bestowed this, this moniker of, the hero of the savior of this land. And you go through a lot of the game in the beginning parts with people referring to you as this, right? You know, it's it's really interesting in that way. So you're you're walking around a lot of these spaces. And to be fair, the way that this game does character design in terms of facial animations and art, it is one of these most stellar looking games in terms of that. Black people look like black people in this game in a in a way that is very very good. 
I think that the, the visuals of black skin, the visuals of multiple ethnicities looks extremely good here. The thing that is weird is that it's like in a world that is this big, it is cool to see so many black and brown characters. You walk into every spot and there are a plethora of black and brown folks you see within the space. In a, in a way that is like unlike most games we have in the video game industry, there's a lot of us in this game. It winds up being though that a lot of times, and, and, and a lot of times Aloy comes into a space and tells people what to do in a way that feels very much like a colonizer would do it. And I feel like those parts are the things that I'm thinking about when I'm playing the game and being like, I don't know if I like that part. And I don't know if that's because of, um, I don't know if that's because of the way that she has grown from the first game to the second game from a life perspective. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, or if it's because in the game, you're introduced to a lot of different characters and a lot of different characters who are black and brown are not the heads of, you know, the tribes or the spaces. Uh, there are some that are absolutely in those spaces and who have, you know, and they, and they hold high, um, uh, uh, um, they hold high positions in the spaces that they're in. You can tell they feel regal. They feel, you know, important in some of those spaces. But a lot of times when most of the larger cities with it that I've seen in the game so far, and again, I haven't seen all of them, you'll have a lot of brown people, you know, living their lives and doing their thing. And then when it comes to like, who is the leader of that space, it's usually a white character. That's the thing that was in my head. And I remembered it often of being like, that feels weird. Like that just feels weird. The, the, you see it in some places where it's great. You know, again, black folks, brown folks, you know, uh, other, other ethnicities kind of just doing their thing and doing it, which I kind of love about this game is like, folks are just living their lives and Aloy is the person who's running out and putting herself in danger, which I think is also kind of dope where it's like, you know, Hey, little redhead, white girl. Yeah. You just came in here and said that we need to do a thing, but like, we're not going to go do that work. You go do that work. You go run out there and put yourself in danger and you do that. And then tell me how it went when you come back, if you come back alive, that's okay. Right. So it's an interesting balance there between those things. And I think, I don't know if it's because, Aloy in the beginning game in the first game was finding out who she was. She was learning about who she was as a character. She was learning about who she was as a human being. Um, you know, you find out later on, you know, spoilers of that game of the first game, which you should have played at, at this point. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll leave it so that you can play it if you haven't played it. But there's a really important layer of that first game that drives the second game. Um, and her learning about herself in that first game made you feel like, well, Aloy is a fish out of water. She's trying to figure out who she is and therefore her not knowing how to interact with other people feels okay. This game, she is nosy as fuck. She is obstinate as fuck. She is like telling everybody what to do. She's like, I am the person who is going to help save this planet. And you are all not like you're not beneath me, but like, I know what I need to do. And all this stuff that you're telling me right now, it doesn't matter because I have a job to do. And that energy just made me not like her as a character through most of the story. I hated Aloy through most of the game. 
Uh, she has some redeeming moments in some parts of the game, you know, towards the middle and end. But for the most part, she was super unlikable. I didn't like her at all. Like, I didn't I didn't like her throughout most of the story. And that's the person who I was driving the narrative with for a long period of time. And I was like, man, if this was anybody else, or at least she had the space to understand and humble herself in any form or fashion, this game would feel a lot better if she did. And she kind of got there, but not really. So it, it, it didn't necessarily taint uh, the way I felt about the game, but it did leave a sour taste in my mouth about me being excited about Aloy and, you know, seeing her in future games and that kind of stuff. The story definitely made me excited about what they could do with this character. Um, and the, 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 the way it kind of ended was a little disappointing, but I will say the journey in this game is phenomenal playing it for as long as I did, seeing these cutscenes, getting to learn, you know, how the machines work and how they are so much better in this game than they were in the previous game with more parts of articulation and, you know, more things that kind of like pop off of them and different variants of different kinds of like real world animals that then became uh, uh, machines. Gorilla did a brilliant job with this game. I think it is still a five out of five game. I think it is a definite cop. You should definitely buy it and check it out. I'm just a little bit disappointed in the way the traversal stuff worked and disappointed in the way that, you know, Aloy uh, was within the game, especially as her being the main character for uh, for such a huge title for Horizon uh, uh, for for Sony and for Gorilla. So uh, a little disappointed in that. So, yeah, that is our review for. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I had a blast playing it. Thank you so much, PlayStation fam, for giving us early access for it. This is me playing the game right now, so we'll probably be doing a little bit more of that once it comes out so you can see me play through it uh, in, in real ways. Uh, but word, massive love to everybody who has rolled through and hung out with us for our show this week. Massive love to our fam, Mr. Midas, for spending time with us and telling us all the wonderful things. Hopefully, at this point, he's gotten some rice and peas and some good jerk chicken uh, uh, in his life. But I am so, so happy. Very, very excited um, and 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 very, very happy with, you know, getting a chance to do more of this work in this way. So go check out Horizon when it drops on on Friday uh, when this episode drops. So that means dropping today um, and check back here for more goodies because uh, we're playing a lot of different stuff uh, on and off stream uh, for games that you are very, very excited about uh, and hearing about dropping in a couple of days or even weeks as well. So much love. <clears throat> I got choked up. Jesus. Much love to you all. We will see you all here next week for more Spawn on Me. I hope you all do well. Have a wonderful weekend. Much love and peace. Deuces.